Welcome, welcome, welcome to Nodes in the Net, a weekly tangential irreverent conversation that caters to the interests of liminal trickster mystics like you, currently doing what is probably the last episode of our holiday hiatus before we take a short break during the winter solstice and resume with brand new guests and a whole new energy and uh, just a very exciting uh, time in the new year. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope that you will join us uh, when the new year rolls around uh, for these very exciting people that we're going to be having on the podcast. I'm recording like crazy right now. Uh, I've got like six or seven more episodes to record before the year is over, and uh, they're all with people I cannot wait to talk to. Uh, so you're going to love those for the first couple months of 2024. Uh, so uh, I did say this is the holiday hiatus, so I'm going to like jump in to uh, another one of these rambling monologues that I've been doing. Uh, I So... I want to start by saying that I got the uh, Ace of Wands when I asked the tarot bot on the Creek Mason Discord what I should be talking about this week. And, you know, that's a card of, like, new beginnings and and, uh, potential that's in the process of being born. And, of course, Wands is the will card. And, of course, the image itself is like a a hand holding a giant wand. It's very... uh, familiar <laughs> to women who have received unwanted attention from their male co-workers. Uh, it's a familiar angle of a picture, uh, you might say. Uh, gross uh, thing that many men seem to enjoy doing for no explicable reason. Uh, but it's kind of, it's it's their assertion of their will. It's their assertion of Uh, They believe that they've got something special to share with the world, and it's their penis. (laughs) So for my own, you know, something special, I do have uh, the wiggle stick. I've got a little piece of myself that I'm putting out into the world. It's a tarot reading poetry project, and it's, in a way, a celebration of my unique special me-ness. It's my... Uh, side project from the Creek Masons that acknowledges that there is something about my personal incarnation, my personality self, that I believe is important to share and and wise and interesting and, you know, enjoyable and has something that can benefit the people who uh, write in with questions for the wiggle stick. So it's like a a short little poem and reading for, uh, you know, free for uh, commenters. And this isn't a plug. This is me uh, describing, I guess it's kind of a plug <laughs> also, uh, but this is me describing for a reason uh, this concept of enjoying this special thing about myself. Um, because I've got some reactions to the uh, last couple holiday hiatus episodes on the Creek Mason Discord, uh, which is amazing. <laughs> the fact that anyone listened to those long rambling discussions at all uh, really just swells my heart three times its regular size, uh, you know, holiday Grinch that I am. And it is, uh, you know, centered around this idea that I explored in the last podcast of us not becoming a cult and being very careful to avoid 
that interpretation. And I think that it's this wiggle stick energy that uh, concerns me, that like I've thrust into the shadow and that I'm trying to find healthy integration and expression of in the wiggle stick project, but that, you know, when left unchecked and unexplored and unexamined, and there's no curiosity directed towards it, it does have the potential for that like dark dominator energy. You know, it's, it's me giving people advice. And when it comes down to it, you watch these documentaries about cults on Netflix and all of them revolve around a, a, a spiritually awakened leader who has special dispensation and can uh, provide advice to the people around them. Uh, so I think that that's like that's a part of my shadow, especially as like a white male in you know white supremacist patriarchal dominator culture. Um, did I miss anything? Patriarchal. I don't need, I don't think patriarchal is a word. I think it's actually patriarchal. Um, but yeah, I feel like I missed one of the main categories that Bell Hooks talks about there being a uh, bias towards in our modern society that creates this kind of, you know, Terrence McKenna dominator energy. Maybe oh, colonialist, I think that might be it or imperialist. Uh, so it is it is like colonizer energy that creates this guru draw uh, that some of us feel called towards um, and that I'm desperately trying to avoid becoming. Um, so yeah, the response to the last couple episodes was highly promising. I think that, you know, people are talking about how we are each in our own way exploring these ideas from different angles. There's uh, you know, no suppression whatsoever of individual thought. There's no uh, suppression of individual agency going on. Everybody's kind of like sharing their own vulnerable insights and uh, their own uh, channeling of the current and building each other up, you know, mutually in, in ways that uh, don't reflect like uneven distribution of power. And I do agree with that and I love it. And I think that I just want to like codify, I guess, or uh, maybe um, catalyze is the word I used on the Discord. This, uh, this process that all of society is going through where, uh, you know, these like white male figurehead quote unquote leaders are being, uh, you know, dethroned from their positions of power and authority in uh, Western society. And overall, we're, we're moving away from this like macro culture where everybody sort of, you know, every single person listens to the Beatles or something like that, or every single person watches the four cable news channels, or, you know, there's a monoculture that everyone belongs to. And we're moving towards these microcultures. And I think liminal trickster mysticism is one of them. And uh, the, the general theme of the last, like, I don't know, what, what year is it? It's 2024. So the last, like, four to eight years has been the, like, death rattle of white supremacist patriarchy. And with the Creek Masons, one of my primary objectives is to give uh, people an opportunity to feel their feelings, like, really deeply 
and to explore, you know, their own internal landscape, you know, sit down on the cushion, uh, look within, figure out what's, you know, not permanent and not satisfying and not you, (laughs) you know, uh, the three uh, aspects of wisdom that are involved in Vipassana. Uh, Figure out what is uh what's going on for you internally and what wisdom that you that you have and and what your body is trying to tell you about how to participate in a society that's uh gradually collapsing and you know do this on the cushion away from positions of power so that you know whoever belongs uh leading the world next uh can can take over and 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 provide a different perspective, you know, maybe one that's more rooted in uh, what would traditionally be called like feminine wisdom or indigenous wisdom. And I think that, you know, our, our Creek Mason community, I'm very, I'm very pleased to say is not entirely culturally or, or ethnically or, or like in terms of gender homogenous. Um, but we're, we're pretty close. I think that in general, the audience of the podcast that I listen to tends to skew a little bit white and a little bit male. And of course, as a white male, I can personally only speak ever from my own experience. And so, um, yeah, like in terms of what I want to create for people like me, it's this catalyzation, catalyzation, cat- catalysis <laughs> I don't know what the word is uh, but this this speeding up and of the breaking down of uh, white male patriarchy into this more egalitarian um, you know like mutually beneficial circular economy you know like beautiful thing that can support way more humans than we have now on the same amount of land uh, just with the practices of you know, regenerative agriculture and permaculture and things like this that recognize that there is value in uh, all of your things working together rather than there being like a monoculture. And like, you know, as we're realizing this, it just so happens that the major media corporations are breaking down. Like, you know, Disney is is in major trouble. They're going through layoffs. There's... uh, you know, like all Hollywood in general is is having serious problems, and um, you know, like the newspaper companies in New York. I was just reading this article about this. Um, in general, the idea that we are all going to exist in the same consensus reality is falling apart, and what will be left if you know the algorithms separating us into these uh you know tribes is any indication you know we're we're banded together by our interests and by what we give our attention to and we've become these microculture tribes that it seems obvious to me can transition naturally into syndicates in an anarcho-syndicalist system and so, I don't know, maybe maybe some of the people, you know, who band together still want to have their, like, strong leader or something like that. Or maybe uh, some people want to be religiously homogenous or something uh, somewhere else. But when it comes to the, uh, the self-directed leadership of the liminal trickster mystic subculture, 
and particularly the Creek Masons as an aspect of that subculture, I am, uh, you know, trying with these monologues to kind of create uh, the conditions for egalitarian, anarchist, autonomy-loving creation uh, and, like, mutual support, mutual aid uh, to flourish. And so uh, that's kind of where I'm coming from. And I I think uh, in a lot of ways, it's very self-aggrandizing for me to even uh, call myself a cult leader. It's almost insane uh, (laughs) to, uh, to pretend to have that much power uh, over anyone. And I recognize that. And it is uh, definitely an expression of my shadow that I'm even as triggered by the potential for that possibility to occur as I am. Uh, it's it's an expression of my, you know, unique fear of a, like holding a position of authority. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that I feel... Uh, in some ways more attuned to the world that we're moving into than the world that we're coming from in that way. Like, I I don't want to be anyone's boss. Um, And I'm not. Like you're you're all saying, like, on on the Discord, uh, I want to honor your observations that we are in no way uh, legitimately threatened by the prospect of (laughs) turning ourselves into a full-on cult. Uh, and thank you for that validation and affirmation. I really, I really do appreciate the, the, uh, you know, the reflections that people brought to last week's podcast episode that, that did make me feel a lot better and, and just like kind of validated that the thing that I'm attempting to build or, or that I think, I think we're all collaboratively building is working out and, you know, what is that thing? I, I still think it's kind of an indie publishing company. Um, and it's, it's you know, value proposition in the language of, like, business capitalism people, you know, like the McKinsey graduates, the value prop. And this is where I think the Ace of Wands really comes in. The value prop of the Creek Masons is this idea that we can support one another. It's kind of a value prop to people like joining the community and becoming artists under the banner of the Creek Masons. It's kind of like a, if you want to be an adeptus maker, here's the reasons that it's a good idea. And the value prop is that like out here in the creator economy, where we are in these microcultures and we have this direct access to our audience, we each have to be our own to use a meme, I guess, uh, that was sent to me by uh, within the vacuum. What it comes down to is that we're trying to be our own curator, press and marketing team, administrator, technician, studio manager, art handler, social media manager, web designer, application writer, archivist, and photographer who documents all the work all at once. And it's this like deathbed looking person at the bottom going fuck and it doesn't have to be that way uh at the creek masons like uh i have an extreme aversion to being a social media person i i like if i spend time on tiktok uh posting my videos to advertise the creek mason you know coven um, what that ends up turning into is me spending like 
80 minutes of sitting, <laughs> 80 minutes per video that I upload, I mindlessly scroll and uh, become a dopamine addict who's a complete slave to the algorithm. And it's painful and soul-crushing and eliminates my agency in a really shitty way. Uh, JT, though, uh, has joined as an adeptus maker, and he's handling like these social media platforms that I just don't have the interest or bandwidth for like uh, TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. And it's increasing the Creek Mason reach. There's some like uh, wiggle stick uh, poems that I've written that have been the result of people asking questions on the wiggle stick posts that he makes on the Creek Mason TikTok. Uh, so there's this synergy that happens where even though Wiggle Stick is this side project of mine that's really only like split halfway between uh, Creek Mason and solo, you know, Jeff A stuff, it is, uh, you know, benefiting from the shared audience of the entire Creek Mason platform and from the services that the other Creek Masons provide, particularly, obviously, JT, who's the only Adeptus maker at the moment. Uh, but as we grow the ranks of Adeptus makers, maybe someone is like really drawn toward, uh, I, I don't know, like web design. Maybe somebody wants to make a website for all of us or or maybe someone uh, has better curating skills, better, uh, you know, copy editing skills than I have. I, I definitely know a lot of people who <laughs> fall into that category. Uh, someone who like has a, a higher taste level and a better understanding of what goes into making beautiful, impactful writing. Like these are possibilities that as we grow. Uh, We'll, we'll be able to each create our own art. I think that that's part of it too. Like each of us create something that helps attract more lost liminal trickster mystics into the Creek Mason tribe. And uh, we each also uh, provide a service to the other Adeptus makers that elevates our uh, you know, collective ability to produce in the creator economy. And therefore, hopefully at some point, potentially somewhat to some degree, extract ourselves from the dying capitalist, you know, narrative, the dying capitalist system uh, that is destroying the planet and oppressing people and creating all sorts of problems with uh, degradation, exploitation, and extraction, uh, you know, shit that we just don't want to uh, see continued in the world. And, and that a focus on Buddhist right livelihood would mean, uh, you know, not participating in to the degree that we're able to. Even if it means that we don't, like, as a result of having the Creek Mason as, like, a side hobby, if that means that we don't have to like take that promotion at work that would expand our influence, uh, you know, like becoming the manager of the restaurant that you work at, like you don't have to commit to hustling in capitalist culture to that degree uh, because you're making a couple bucks creating art and doing something that you're passionate about and, you know, sharing a community with a bunch of awesome liminal trickster mystics like that that kind of is the goal uh, so that we we can all just hustle a little bit less and produce more of what we feel passionate about including uh you know art and uh you know like mystical vibes and good times
So I think that's a pretty good pitch. That's a pretty good description of the Ace of Wands energy uh, that is happening on the Creek Mason Discord right now and that is uh, going to continue, I hope, to manifest into 2024 and beyond. And I'm excited to say uh, that I'm going to read Reifying the Liminal next, uh, you know, and Seeking Fine is the rest of the title of that essay, Reifying the Liminal and Seeking Fine, uh, which is beyond even the Creek Mason's uh, previous essay that I read, the Creek Mason canonical essay that I read last week, I'm a Creep. Uh, This one, Seeking Fine, is probably one of my favorite things that I've ever written. I'm very proud of it. And I will give it to you uh, in just a couple minutes. Uh, but first, I guess, you know, like you you probably already know this, but you can find all of the Creek Mason writing at creekmasons.substack.com. You can find ways to contact me at creekmasons.com. I've got my own little Creek Mason's email, and there's ways to join the Discord uh, throughout Creek Mason's dot com and the uh, Creek Mason Substack. You should follow JT if you're not on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter at Creek Masons on all of those platforms. And you should uh, you should have a wonderful rest of your year because the winter solstice is approaching. We're approaching the darkest time of the year, and what that means is that light is right around the corner. And, uh, you know, revel in the darkness, appreciate the darkness, recognize this time for rest that is gifted to us by the wobbly earth and, uh, and utilize it, you know, rest, recover, plant seeds uh, that you know will flower in 2024 uh, when the spring comes again. Uh, you know, now's the time to hibernate. You deserve it. You're working so fucking hard and I love you. And, uh, thank you for listening to me ramble. This is, uh, maybe I'll do more of these. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, but I had fun today. So thanks for listening. Here's reifying the liminal and seeking fine. Through cultivating comfort in a world with no definitives, the Creek Masons power a collective. There's more than one answer to these questions, pointing me in a crooked line, and the less I seek my source from some definitive, the closer I am to fine. From closer to fine by the Indigo Girls. There they go, prophesying the same year I was born the need to reify the liminal, the need to build while ping-ponging between uncertainties, spectrums, and fractals, in a metamodern world where every netizen is blasted by their own targeted fire hose of falsehood, as they say. Join me at the Creek Mason's origin, nearly halfway back to when that song was written, around the time I graduated high school. See me, pants rolled, the prospect of building a bridge of stones across my suburban creek in order to keep my shoes dry long since abandoned. Wet silt expressing from my soaked socks through the base of my Adidas's tongues. The shoes noisily squelching with every step on the creek bank in search of rocks big enough to throw into the water at the end of my half-finished bridge-turned dam. This was my first experience reifying the liminal, literally building on the line between the near shore and the far. Heraclitus said, no man ever steps in the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. On a subconscious, symbolic level, that stony dam I impulsively decided to construct was almost akin to an attempt to crystallize the river so I could step in the same water anytime I wanted. 
It was really just me carelessly at play, liberated from high school and enjoying an unemployed summer before college. But come on, isn't the build this Roman trope a little too on the nose? A teenager goofing off builds a dam as if he could freeze the creek, and with it, the passage of time. On some deep level, isn't he hoping to forestall his inevitable march toward embodying the jaded, cynical sellout every grown-up becomes? That's another liminal zone I was trying to bridge, or maybe damn, the one between childhood and adulthood. I learned quickly, however, that there were consequences to trying to construct a trap for one of nature's flows. The water didn't stop when I finished my little rock edifice. It just raised. It flooded the creek banks for a bit. Soon its constant force caused trash and leaves to pile up. And eventually, like putting your thumb on the garden hose, the creek's flow seemed angered by the obstruction and swept gravel from beneath my dam, causing its rocks to topple over. The energy of the liminal can't be contained. Similarly, in order for an ecosystem to function, it can't stagnate. A subculture or community, especially one composed of liminal trickster mystics, can't be frozen in amber when things start getting good. In order for the Creek Masons to thrive, we need a constant circular flow of energy. Tyson Yankaporta tells the story on Douglas Rushkoff's Team Human podcast of how you can stop a dust devil, one of those mini tornadoes that start spinning when the wind hits an alcove just right, by throwing a stick into it. Doing so, you disrupt the whirlwind's circularity and it evaporates. His point is that we're doing the same thing with the extractive practices of capitalism, pulling energy out of closed systems without returning anything of value, destroying civilization in the process. This has helped inspire the only path I see for us to ever reify the liminal trickster mystic subculture. It has to be in flux. It derives its strength through individuals within it exploring more established and rigid ideologies and being naturally pulled away from belonging. Our loneliness, anxiety, and imposter syndrome can be our strength. There's energy in the momentum of that pendulum. There's vitality in the dukkha of that friction. A constant vacillation between belonging and alienation is painful, but not pointless if it's shared. It's meaningful, of true value. The introspection I've watched it produce in each of us on the Creek Mason Discord, the lofty pondering, the vulnerability, it all has emotional charge. A charge that powers the Creek Masons when held together, when empathized with, when reflected and reciprocated. There's energy available in vulnerability and energy available in compassion. Connection is what powers the liminal trickster mystic subculture. So what is the river? What flow are we drawn toward entering and unable to freeze? I wonder what you think the answer is. Really, like, send me an email. Tell me what you think. From where I stand, there are many flows, many sources of energy that I flirt with, feel the desire to concretize, and inevitably end up watching pour over or demolish my shoddy dams. They all seem to slip away. Liminality is almost like an innate disposition, a framing that I bring to every potential idea. Many, many of the tributaries that I'd be tempted to generate an attachment to all seem to flow into a single river eventually, though. What is it? Simultaneous awareness that we are both a single jewel in Indra's net 
and the net in sum, an ability to honor through our actions the simultaneous truth that we each have a true self and that that self is ultimately an aspect of the all. The truth that we are individuals with semi-permeable self-selected boundaries and the truth of anatta, Buddhist no-self. I know many of you reading this are like me in this way. Our strength is our ability and our eagerness to say both and to paradox. So for me, that both andness isn't really gnosis of two contradictory things in exactly the same moment. It's more like a rubber band recoil between two theses with mood as the ferryman. The narrative's mood inspires act as the pole he uses to prod our path back and forth across the sticks. I'd like to make this example more concrete, although further extrapolation is probably bait for yet another essay. I've identified some ways in which this tension shows up in my own life. It isn't limited to wanting to join podcast cults and being drawn away by cold feet. It isn't limited to being a Radiohead-esque creep. There's all these tensions suggested by a spiritual search that can be summed up as a piston pumping between alienation and belonging. A piston to build a motor around. Fix versus surrender. How much of my problems are things I genuinely need to put my foot down on? In other words, when should I tactfully exercise my personal sovereignty? In contrast to how much I should demand other people try harder to meet my needs, how much of my pain is the result of me having unhelpful preferences and projections that arise from self-loathing? Would it be better to surrender to every miserable moment and through my relaxation eliminate the suffering that arises via the attempted rejection of inevitable pain? It's a question of yes andness. For every stinging situation, I find myself curiously, or with some anguish, wondering what balance of divine feminine receptivity I should strike with divine masculine agency. Agency seems to be my power as an individual, while receptivity indicates a belief that I belong here in the universe and that it'll take care of me. Me versus we. This is the whole topic of Duncan Trussell and Raghu Marcus's new book, The Movie of Me to the Movie of We, a dialectic that feels like a 10-hour better organized podcast. Its title comes from a Krishnadash lecture in which the ostensibly enlightened artist suggests that we have the opportunity to shift away from our narrow-minded, lonely focus on our own personal narrative into one of belonging with the whole of humanity. I can already see an essay forming about the shadow aspects of both the me and the we, something about lone gunmen and cultists, those toxic versions of overinvestment in your own personal identity, or total absorption and dissolution into the identity of a group. But the question is big for me. How much of a loner hermit mystic should I be, and how much should I seek belonging by allowing my ego to fade a bit and accept my innate oneness with the community of humans? of life, of matter. I can never seem to strike the right balance, and regardless of where on the spectrum I feel at home one day, I'll inevitably end up sliding to the other side the next, drawn by my depression and anxiety, or by my recuperation and mania. Sometimes I see that for what it is, a chemical equation, a reaction. Other times, I'm totally wrapped by the narratives they generate and genuinely make the mistake of quote-unquote believing my thoughts. Either way, there is an energetic motion involved. Motion that can add creative fuel to the Creek Mason Content Collective through the practice of connection.
self versus source. That's self with a small s, as in the ego created by consciousness's expression through physical matter. Or perhaps it's better to say the personality self that results from consciousness, the true building block of the universe, having slowed its vibration into a dense form that materialists mistakenly believe is the ontological primitive. Atoms and other stuff. But whether consciousness is what everything is made of, or atoms are, there does seem to be what Nietzsche described as more wisdom in my body than in my deepest philosophies. How much should I listen to the intuitive wisdom of my body, and how much should I prioritize my higher self's directives for my incarnation? Are my embodied desires sacred and worthy of pursuit and manifestation, as occult scholar and node in the net Mitch Horowitz says? What happens when that is contrasted with what is truly best for my soul's progression in alien school? What if my small s self wants to perform a magical ritual to manifest a shiny new car, and the soul incarnated as me needs to experience class fury about Tesla drivers in order to learn the lessons that will lead it to matriculate from samsara into the bright atemporal realm of pure being? I know. I'll ponder it in the Creek Mason Discord, and whether I come to a conclusion or not, I'll have added energy to the circular economy with my vulnerable uncertainty. And that, my friend, is how you reify the liminal. Reifying the liminal versus shifting to the movie of we. Duncan Trussell and Ragu Marcus make a compelling case in the movie of me to the movie of we that it's the we that's where it's at. It's the cure for suffering and the liberation from loneliness. That sounds enticing. It seems to be the general philosophy of Eastern ideology as it's been filtered through and reacted to by the Western individualist capitalist mindset. I'm positive there's a lot of value there. I have no doubt that very many genuinely happy, genuinely enlightened beings are thriving through their dissolved sense of self and gentle merger with the all. Marcus uses a metaphor in that audiobook that can be paraphrased as, the compassion that emits from nothingness like photons from the sun has got to feel wonderful to channel for whatever it is that can feel wonderful, but that can only be described as nothingness. Beautiful. But what about us liminal trickster mystics, those householders and part-time seekers who neither want to submit to the abject alienation that modern capitalism promotes, nor jettison our egos entirely? Perhaps I like the little special synthesis of the all that only my personality self can produce through its unique memories and experiences. Perhaps I want to treasure it while also, at times, flirting with an ineffable oneness. It seems to me I'm not the only one out there who is drawn toward belonging in the universe generally, in any given collective or ideology, or with source itself, but disallowed by my disposition and effective temperament. So what's left for us? The Creek Masons, that's what. It's a place for contemplation, curiosity, vulnerability, and empathy. It's a new model for a community, one modeled after a circular economy not unlike an ecosystem. A deer eats a fruit, it poops the seed, the seed is fertilized by the manure, and a new plant grows. The energy pumped into the system more or less stays in the system and creates abundance. The free lunch that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. 
by eating at our own restaurant, this is what the Creek Masons produce. Through the intimate connections we're forging as an online community, we're producing a home for liminal trickster mystics to feel a little less alone, just as I initially dreamed. The explosion of projects lately is a testament to the abundance cultivated by our comfort, exploring a land with no definitives. By listening to each other's rants, reading each other's poetry, watching each other's performances, listening to each other's podcasts and music, we are reifying the liminal. And we need to stay our neurotic selves to do it. And of course, continue to love all that weirdness when we recognize it reflected back to us. So there you have it. That is my essay for this week. That is my rant for this week. And that is probably the last thing that you'll hear from me until the new year. Uh, Unless something changes. I don't know. I might end up reading the Liminal Trickster Mystic Manifesto next week. Kind of the, the article that defines the Liminal Trickster Mystics as a tribe in whole. That would be fun, right? I don't know. What do you guys think? Should, or you all, I don't like using guys, although I do think of it as a gender neutral term. I know some people don't appreciate that, but what do you all think? Is this a good format for a podcast? Should I keep recording these little, uh, you know, one-off monologue rambly rants uh, that are just me, my microphone, and the wall in front of me <laughs> that I stare at, uh, you know, searchingly for the next word. Um, what do you think? Can you email me? Can you send an email to jeff at creekmasons.com or hit me up on Discord? Do you like these? Should I keep doing them? Let me know. I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. And uh, if I don't hear from you, or if I don't see you, or if I don't say anything else for the rest of the year, have a wonderful winter solstice, and I'll see you with some very exciting guests in 2024.